I've always been a rebel from deep down in the south. I get in my share of trouble for what comes out of my mouth. Well, I call them like I see them, and maybe I come on too strong. Well, you got your opinion and the right to say I'm wrong. But that's the way I am. What you see is what you get. I'm a free thinking bear, drinking politically incorrect redneck. And I'm back. Now I don't hate nobody. No, I don't. I don't mean to stir things up. But if I don't use the right words, I ain't sensitive enough. But we may stir a few things up today. I'll tell you what, there's just. It's crazy, folks. It's just absolutely crazy out there. But, uh, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff. But anyhow, welcome to the Politically Incorrect Redneck Podcast, hosted by me, Jerry Schickling. Glad you all joined us. I hope you enjoyed today. Please make sure to visit us at teampir.com or politicallyincorrectredneck.com. Give us some input. Like us on uh, our podcast channels, uh, Podbean, Spotify, we're working on the other ones are going to be online shortly. Anywhere you get your podcasts, this will be available. Today, I want to start out wishing y'all a happy Independence Day weekend, 4th of July. 245 years ago this coming weekend, we declared our independence from England and the rule of tyranny and a large centralized government. And uh, we're also going to talk about how so many people today, certain party in particular, which we will get there, we will get there, pretty much the one that are fomenting the, the, us losing our freedoms and going back to centralized control of the government over the freedom of the people. So we are going to go there. We're going to talk about the lives of all these folks. Today also, I just want to thank uh, number one right out of the chute. Uh, big shout out to my friends, Tom Payton and Eddie Kilgallen down in the Nashville area, graciously allowed me to use some of the tunes that they wrote together for some bumper music. Uh, Tom Payton is a tremendous guy. He is the gentleman that produced my CD down in Nashville. Great songwriter, great producer, great music publisher, and uh, man, I love the guy big time. He's a tremendous help, a lot of fun, and a good friend of mine. And also his buddy, best friend, and, and a friend of mine, Mr. Eddie Kilgallen, Eddie uh, Eddie K, as we know him, is the current keyboard player for Montgomery Gentry. He is a songwriter, a great songwriter and producer and publisher uh, himself. He actually played in the band or performed with the band Ricochet prior to joining Montgomery Gentry. Super guy, and uh, I just appreciate both of them giving me the go-ahead on uh, using some of their tunes for some bumper music. Cause I think you're going to find how it fits Great with uh, with our theme here. And their most recent project was a song they co-wrote titled Window in the Wall. And it was recently recorded and a video put together. None other than Olivia Newton-John and her daughter, Chloe Latonzi. It's a great song, great video. You can uh, click the link at teampir.com. It'll take you right to the uh, video. Watch it. Check it out. Great stuff. Anyhow, hats off to those guys. Love them both. When we talked the initial podcast about doing some interviews from the country music industry, well, there's kind of a hint coming at you. So there's some great stuff out there. This is a Independence Day weekend. And I tell you what, there was a tremendous video put out just a couple days ago by the legendary actor John Voight about the rise of the far left. It's on YouTube. The link to this video is on the blog site at Politically Incorrect Redneck. John, of course, is uh, one of the ones in Hollywood that has not been 
blackballed or blacklisted. He just a tremendous patriot, award-winning actor. I just kind of wanted to start off today with this perspective from uh, what he's seen it in his time throughout history in, in the Hollywood and how the left has taken down or is try, attempting to take down this country with the propaganda, the socialism that they promote. And I'm going to play this uh, clip for you right now. Take a listen to this and we'll be right back. But it's been propagandized. And it's an interesting thing about the left, you know. One would think that you could look around the world in the recent history of the world and you would see every time socialism or communism, Marxism, takes root in a country, the country is destroyed in some way. Look at what is happening in North Korea. Look what's happened in Poland when Russia took over. Look what happened in Cuba. Look what's happened in Venezuela. And one would think that they get added up and say, let's not let it happen here. All these wonderful heroes of mine when I was a kid, all of the great stars of that time, Clark Gable and Linda Tyrone Power and Jimmy Stewart, and all these guys were in the service. And they did dangerous jobs too. But they all served and they were all very patriotic people. And then it came to the 60s and it seemed to fall apart in the 60s. That time is when this kind of leftism struck and this anti-American feeling was inserted into our society using the Vietnam War. Well, I had a big hit at the end of the 60s and so I became part of this group of people, these young lions that were coming forth, you see, that were all negative about our country, speaking out about the war. The end of the war was marked by the murder of two and a half million people in Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam. And the left, the people who were out there, the signs of them, just walked away as, and took this moment as a victory. And I saw all of this carnage and that communism and the communist hordes that created all of that violence uh, were given a pass by this group. So. I went through a lot of things. Even that didn't pull me completely to the right, but I saw a lot of things at that moment and gradually over the next years and with the influence of many good people, I came to understand certain things. And the poison that, uh, that I had seen happen and that happened actually to me, this idea of propaganda is real and it gets to you. Now, we live at a time now where the media is pouring propaganda into people's homes. Slanders and lies are being accepted as truths. Donald Trump has been a Russian intelligence asset since 1987. We are at war with Russia. The nation and all of our freedoms hang by a thread. It's illegal to possess uh, these stolen documents. It's different for the media. So everything you learn about this, you're learning from us. And all the stuff that's going on further in our universities and in our schools that's damaging our, our children. And this is backed by most of Hollywood. If you're a conservative in Hollywood, you're on the outside. And uh, you don't have uh, an easy chance for a career. You know, people can hire the, who they want. This is a free country, still. So it's their business. You know, they want, they want to work with certain people and not work with other people. It's okay with me. But of course, there is this kind of bias and it is, reflective of the blacklist that they make such a big deal about. It's, uh, it's just as, uh, as clear a bias as, as that time. You know, when Lenin came to office in the first four years of his reign, 
as the head of the Soviet Union, four million people were starved to death. Ten years later, under Stalin, another six million, at least, were starved to death. They don't know how to govern. They're just no good. You look at what's happening with Joe Biden today. He's destroying our economy. We're looking into inflation. Gas prices are going up. They're not good at it. The only thing they're good at is being destructive, as they showed themselves to be during President Trump's four years. All they did was try to destroy this country and bring down a sitting president. And now you have big tech participating in it. Can you imagine that this cancel culture, they cancel out the president of the United States? What? I mean, it's very, very serious. It's a battle for the truth. But thank God for our, our, our founding principles and our founding documents, and especially the Constitution. Even though it's been eroded and attacked, still enough of it has kept us alive. And I believe that we're going to prevail. That's what I believe. I believe all these wonderful people that have stepped up and can explain things to the American people. And once the, a person gets connected to the truth of things, they don't leave it. The truth is God's truth. Truth is God. Good is God. And we're fighting lies. That's what's great about what this channel does, you know, what Ben Shapiro has done, what uh, Candace Owens has done, you know. They uh, have alerted people, awakened them. So we have a little battle on our hands and, and uh, we're not going to give up. The truth is God. The truth, folks. Reject socialism. Reject Marxism. We'll be right back. truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer, while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations Pursuing invariably the same object invents a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. It is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny 
over these states. That is from the Declaration of Independence, July 4, 1776, 245 years ago this weekend. So, uh, and what does that have to do with it? It has everything to do with it, okay? And now is where we're probably going to stir things up a little bit, but you got to understand truth is truth. It is the Democrat Party that is usurping their powers and trying to force the centralized government on the freedom-loving people of the United States of America. Now, that's going to upset a few of you. I didn't say all Democrats by any stretch, but it is the Democrat Party. It is their platform of anti-Second Amendment of anti-life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's what's happening today. And if that bothers you, if you're offended by that, well, there's only one thing that I can tell you. You can't handle the truth! It's the Democrat Party that for decades has been looking to abolish the Second Amendment to the Constitution of the United States. It's not the Republican Party. Now, notice again, I did not say all Democrats. I have friends, both parties. Folks, I don't care what party you are a member of. What I do care is that when you're voting for people whose policies infringe on my rights and my fellow Americans' rights to self-defense, to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, you need to search your soul deeply because if you're voting for a party for the reason that you've just been registered Democrat for years, maybe your father, mother, grandfather, grandmother, that's why you became a Democrat or registered Democrat, that's all fine. I don't care about that. The fact is, the Democrat Party is now the party of tyranny, taking away your rights on any step they can and infringing constantly on our freedoms and liberties here. A perfect example of that, just a recent one, I mean, there's hundreds and thousands of examples over the past few years, and even probably longer than that. But a perfect example just came out on uh, June 30 of this uh, year, just a couple days ago. Here's the headline from the Epic Times. Pennsylvania Democrats to propose bullet tax and encoded rounds to track ammo owners. Folks, they want to start building lists. They want to start building lists of gun owners, of ammunition purchases. You know, there's, that's for one reason and one reason only, so that they know who have the tools of self-protection so that they can be confiscated down the road. You don't believe me? Then once again, you can't handle the truth. Here's what the article says. A five-cent bullet tax will be proposed in Pennsylvania as part of legislation to be brought forth by two state House Democrats, Representative Manny Guzman and Representative Stephen Kinsey. The planned legislation would require ammunition manufacturers to encode ammunition provided for retail sale in Pennsylvania. To encode ammunition, people. You hear that? How would that process even be implemented? Okay, to provide ammunition serial numbers to the Pennsylvania State Police for the ammunition database. The plan was revealed in a joint memo to the state legislature by Guzman and Kinsey. Again, both Democrats. All right, and then here's a quote. Check this out. By maintaining a record of purchases of ammunition. You hear that? A record of purchases, the memo continues. Our law enforcement officers will be able to easily trace the ownership of any ammunition involved in a crime. Of any ammunition, folks. Throw out that part involved in a crime. Of any ammunition, okay? The proposal is a much more reliable method of forensic tracing than current systems like ballistic fingerprinting, since determination of a bullet's code does not require any special skills or equipment, and it serves as an objective identifier. 
And they go on to say, it is time for us to keep track of these lethal weapons. Lethal weapons. A round of ammunition is a lethal weapon. But again, it's time for us to keep track of these lethal weapons and ensure that we have the tools necessary to convict individuals who use their firearms for unlawful purposes, the memo said. Right. Now, how about all the law-abiding folks who do not use their firearms for unlawful purposes? Gun Owners of America, the Pennsylvania director, Victor Fennell, says the plan amounts to registration and taxation of a constitutional right to own ammunition. Bingo. And he also says if you register your ammo, that's a prelude to confiscation, just like firearms registration would be. Fennell said, noting that if a bill to ban certain ammunition is passed, the ammunition database would show law enforcement who has ammunition to confiscate. Folks... This uh, 1984 Orwellian stuff of, of maintaining lists, whether it's ammunition, whether it's firearms, whether it's a COVID vaccine. If you don't understand where this is leading and who's behind this, then you need to start researching and paying attention to what's going on. Get your head out of the media. Quit believing what most politicians are telling you. Folks, you have to dig in and pay attention to the truth. And the article continues, it's unclear how such a law would address unmarked ammunition from other states or ammunition already owned by Pennsylvanians. Right. How about stolen ammunition, just like the stolen guns? Why don't we pay attention to the criminal database and keep the people in jail who are violent criminals? Let's quit getting a revolving door uh, criminal policy on prisons. It's time to put a stop to these incremental infringements on our rights, folks. And it's happening because of the Democrat Party from the state and local levels clear on up to the president of the United States uh, currently in office. So it's time to stand up. It's time to start speaking out. It's time to vote for people who are going to maintain the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the right to keep and bear arms. Okay, so uh, it's just time. And, And that is just a small example of what's going on today after only 245 years of freedom and liberty from a centralized, tyrannical government. That kind of stuff is going on all the time. We need to put a stop to it now. Which brings me to something that uh, anybody that would really, really like to read something great about the Second Amendment and the reasons that we folks have arms to protect ourselves, there's a great book written by the late Robert Boatman. The title of the book was Living with Glocks. To me, probably the most important chapter in that entire book was chapter 20, and the title of chapter 20 is The Constitutional Right and Social Obligation to Carry a Gun. And he starts this chapter out talking about being restricted by your government on protecting yourself and others. And it covers a story of Susanna Gracia Hupp in Colleen, Texas, back in October of 1991. Some of you may remember this incident. It was at a Luby's cafeteria when a guy came uh, crashed his truck through the wall. Uh, he armed with a couple guns, plenty of magazines, Got out of the truck, started shooting everyone in sight. It included her mother and father, who she was having lunch with, and killed more than 20 other people. Okay. Now, Susanna, she was hiding under the table, clutching her purse, normally contained a 38 revolver. This is from from the chapter. In deference to Texas law at the time, which prohibited carrying concealed weapons on one's person, she had left her gun in her car. Several more dead diners had guns legally and inaccessibly locked in their cars. Susanna Hupp has vowed never to make that mistake again, though such pronouncements always come far too late. And the quote she has here is, The decision to follow the law cost me the lives of my parents, she said. There's not a day that goes by when I do not think about that. The decision to follow the law cost me the lives of my parents. Let that sink in. Boatman goes on to write that anti-gun laws and policies are always complicit in the execution of innocence. Uh, You could 
toss in uh, a big umbrella of gun-free zones with that statement. And he says, in the final analysis, to face evil with impotence, whether out of cowardice or feeble-mindedness, or submission to foolish laws, could well be responsible for the death of society. And it goes on, Susanna Gracia Hupp decided to fight back. She set out to change the foolish laws. She had turned her anger on her legislatures who had, quote, legislated me out of the right to protect myself and my family. That's one example. Here's another example. Happened in April 2009 in the Nashville area. A young woman by the name of Nikki Goser. She has published two books, one titled Deny the Chance. And the other one, uh, her newest book is Stalked and Defenseless, How Gun Control Helped My Stalker Murder My Husband in Front of Me. Nikki and her husband ran a mobile karaoke business. It started out simple enough. Guy comes in, wants to sing a song or two, and it slowly escalated into the fact where he was obsessed with her. And one night at one of their shows, he comes in, he shoots her husband right in front of him. And she was, quote unquote, denied a chance because at the time, Tennessee law did not allow you to possess a handgun for self-defense inside an establishment that served alcohol, whether or not you were actually drinking or not. Now, alcohol and guns don't mix. We all know that. All right. We don't need to go to that dumb area. Okay. But she was denied that chance to protect her husband because her handgun was locked away in her car and she couldn't get to it. And Folks, evil exists. Evil happens quickly. You never know when it's going to affect you, so you must be prepared. Those are just a couple examples, and there's hundreds upon thousands of those that happen throughout the United States every month, every year. And you never hear about the times when a personal defense weapon, a handgun, could be a rifle, uh, are used in self-defense. You never hear about those very often. So uh, those are just a couple examples. should take those to heart. And Boatman continues in this article, uh, a little blurb here called the Anti-Freedom Zealots. We know who they are. Okay, I added that part. But he says, cheering on the fear of freedom are those quivering souls steeped in terror at the thought of independent decision making and freedom of action on the part of their distrusted fellow man. These anti-freedom zealots are members of a well-established international community of political ideologues who have brought you such gun control activists as Joe Stalin and Chairman Mao. And since at least the 1930s, it has been clear that even the land of the free has its share of these political lowlifes. We must face the fact, and the anti-freedom zealots have made their American home in the left or liberal wing of today's Democrat Party. And then he continues on with this, and this is kind of where we're at today with this push for these gun control laws and these various things, ammunition, tracing, Okay, he says the upended logic of these fanatics is stunning. If there's a problem with uh, the bad guys shooting good guys, then let's make sure the good guys don't have guns, right? Does that work? That's not how it works, folks. Anti-freedom zealots are a malignant danger to all life on earth as we know it because their anti-self-defense, anti-gun position is an expression of the most utter contempt for individual human life it is possible to conceive. That's Robert Boatman from his book, The Living with Glocks, Chapter 20, The Constitutional Right and Social Obligation to Carry Gun. If you don't want to buy the whole book, there's a link on teampir.com that has just that chapter. You can click that link and it'll take you right to chapter 20. You can read it right there online. There's another article that just came out July 1st this year, and it is by Stephen Gutkowski of thereload.com. And it's titled, June Gun Sales, Second Best on Record. The article quotes National Shooting Sports Foundation, that would be the NSSF, spokesman Mark Olivia, and he quotes, It cannot be discounted 
that the continued elevated level of increased firearm purchases is driven in part by the gun control overtures by the Biden administration. Again, Democrat, I added that. And Olivia said, as we head into Independence Day, Americans are exercising their right to keep and bear arms in record numbers, even as the Biden administration is throwing up roadblocks to keep that from happening. So there you go. You can access that article at uh, teampir.com as well. So we're going to wrap this segment up because we could go on for hours and days talking about the various infringements that they're trying to throw at us. But I think one of the fun ones to do I'd like you to listen to Lauren Boebert. She's Colorado's third conditional district, newly elected representative, and she lays it on the line right here. Madam Speaker, I want to begin this evening by thanking my Democrat colleagues for their outstanding work in encouraging millions of Americans to celebrate their Second Amendment rights by purchasing their first, second, or even 100th firearm. From the left's riots in cities across America to Biden's threats to strip away our basic constitutional rights, Democrats are single-handedly responsible for the sale of tens of millions of firearms. Bravo. Well done. And I hear that the interest has begun to peak when it comes to the sale of F-15s. Now, I have some questions for these freedom haters when are you going to call on the chief executive, the basement dweller, to hold his own son accountable for his gun crimes? Hunter Biden lied on a federal firearms application, which is punishable by up to 10 years and a $250,000 fine, of which 10% will not be going to the big guy. Rules for thee, but not for my crackhead, parmesan-smoking, gun criminal son. What about the disposal, the disposal of Hunter Biden's gun in a back alley dumpster? And why was the Secret Service involved in locating this firearm? Can you just imagine for half a second if Donald Trump Jr. was involved in firearms crimes and his dad ordered the Secret Service to cover it up? That's just the start of the hypocrisy. Biden will call widely purchased firearms weapons of war, but then he'll tell you that you need an F-15 or a nuke to keep the federal government in check. He will target so-called merchants of death, but celebrate the 600 abortion clinics across America. This reg regime will encourage riots defund the police, and try to take away Americans' right to self-defense. Madam Speaker, the American people are not on board with the Biden regime's hypocritical gun crabbing. Instead, they are buying guns at a record rate. So my colleagues from the other side, they can keep running their mouths, and we will keep adding to our arsenals. Thank you, gentlemen. I yield back. Amen. Amen, sister. Leave us alone. I'm a law-abiding, patriotic American to the bone, and I will defend it. The Second Amendment. Yes, I will defend it. The Second Amendment. 
We'll be right back. Capitol Hill There's gonna be a revolution They've forgotten who they're working for They need to read the Constitution All they do is tax and spend And when the money runs out They print some more again Trillions in debt Our kids will have to repay We can't afford to wait another day Let's take our country back Let's take our country back Let's take our country back That do nothing but make the wrong decisions Let's take a country back Let's take our country back Let's take our country back Yep, that means from a lot of stuff And uh, we got to get control of everything out there All the false information Just talk real quick about something that you all have heard of Constantly being drilled at you Called global warming Call it climate change They keep changing the terms Just to make it sound better More palatable After they've been disproven For so many years Dr. Walter E. Williams uh, Recently passed away here A, a few months back In a uh, April 26, 2017 Townhall.com article Kind of wrapped it up with this And you can get that whole article At teampir.com He quotes Hoodwinking Americans As part of the environmentalist agenda Environmental activist Stephen Schneider told Discover Magazine in 1989, we have to offer up scary scenarios, make simplified, dramatic statements, and make little mention of any doubts we might have. Each of us has to decide what the right balance is between being effective and being honest. Well, there you go. In 1988, then-Senator Timothy Wirth, Democrat, Democrat, Colorado, said we've got to try to ride the global warming issue. Even if the theory of global warming is wrong... We will be doing the right thing anyway in terms of economic policy and environmental policy. And the great Dr. Williams wraps it up by saying the Americans paid a steep price for buying into environmental deception and lies. And folks, it's about control. It's about control and what you eat, what you drive. It's about control. Another book, another great mind, Mark Levin, in his book, Liberty and Tyranny, writes, geologist Dudley J. Hughes puts it another way, quote, Earth's atmosphere is made up of several major gases. For simplicity, let us picture a football stadium with about 10,000 people in the stands. Assume each person represents a small volume of one type of gas. Carbon dioxide represents only about four parts in 10,000, the smallest volume of any major atmospheric gas. Plants use carbon dioxide in photosynthesis and exhale oxygen. Humans inhale oxygen to breathe and exhale carbon dioxide. Folks, this was junior high science. Carbon dioxide is a natural part of the atmosphere, like water vapor. It's not a poison, and therefore it is not a pollutant. In fact, water vapor is by far the Earth's most significant greenhouse gas, and without greenhouse gases, life could not exist. It's all about control, folks. We could go on and on about that, too. But I want to end this segment. Let's have a little bit of fun. What do you say? Let's have a little bit of fun. This is a great, great skit from George Carlin the late, great George Carlin, back in 2007, and it's about saving the planet. And everything may not be 100% factual, but you know what they say. For good humor, there has to be an element of truth in it. So this is great stuff from George, and I hope you love this. Enjoy. People like this around you, country's full of them now. People walking around all day long, every minute of the day, worried about everything. 
Worried about the air, worried about the water, worried about the soil. Worried about insecticides, pesticides, food additives, carcinogens. Worried about radon gas, worried about asbestos. Worried about saving endangered species. Let me tell you about endangered species, all right? Saving endangered species is just one more arrogant attempt by humans to control nature. It's arrogant meddling. It's what got us in trouble in the first place. Doesn't anybody understand that? Interfering with nature. Over 90%, over, way over, 90% of all the species that have ever lived on this planet, ever lived, are gone. They're extinct. We didn't kill them all. They just disappeared. That's what nature does. They disappear these days at the rate of 25 a day. And I mean regardless of our, our behavior. Irrespective of how we act on this planet, 25 species that were here today will be gone tomorrow. Let them go gracefully. Leave nature alone. Haven't we done enough? We're so self-important. So self-important. Everybody's going to save something now. Save the trees, save the bees, save the whales, save those snails. <laughs> and the greatest arrogance of all, save the planet. What? Are these fucking people kidding me? <laughs> save the planet? We don't even know how to take care of ourselves yet. We haven't learned how to care for one another. We're gonna save the fucking planet? I'm getting tired of that shit. Tired of that shit. Tired. I'm tired of Earth Day, I'm tired of these self-righteous environmentalists, these white bourgeois liberals who think the only thing wrong with this country is there aren't enough bicycle paths. People trying to make the world safe for their Volvos. Besides, environmentalists don't give a shit about the planet. They don't care about the planet. Not in the abstract, they don't. Not in the abstract, they don't. You know what they're interested in? A clean place to live their own habitat. They're worried that someday in the future they might be personally inconvenienced. Narrow, unenlightened self-interest doesn't impress me. Besides, there is nothing wrong with the planet. Nothing wrong with the planet. The planet is fine. The people are fucked. <laughs> Difference. Difference. The planet is fine. Compared to the people, the planet is doing great. It's been here four and a half billion years. Did you ever think about the arithmetic? Planet has been here four and a half billion years. We've been here, what, 100,000? Maybe 200,000? And we've only been engaged in heavy industry for a little over 200 years. 200 years versus four and a half billion. And we have the conceit to think that somehow we're a threat? That somehow we're going to put in jeopardy this beautiful little blue-green ball that's just a-floating around the sun? The planet has been through a lot worse than us. Been through all kinds of things worse than us. Been through earthquakes, volcanoes, plate tectonics, continental drift, solar flares, sunspots, magnetic storms, the magnetic reversal of the poles, hundreds of thousands of years of bombardment by comets and asteroids and meteors, worldwide floods, tidal waves, worldwide fires, erosion, cosmic rays, recurring ice ages, and we think some plastic bags and some aluminum cans are going to make a difference? The planet, the planet, the planet isn't going anywhere. We are. We're going away. Pack your shit, folks. We're going away. And we won't leave much of a trace either. Thank God for that. Maybe a little styrofoam, maybe. Little styrofoam. 
planet will be here and we'll be long gone. Just another failed mutation. Just another closed-end biological mistake. An evolutionary cul-de-sac. The planet will shake us off like a bad case of fleas. <laughs> a surface nuisance. <laughs> you want to know how the planet's doing? Ask those people at Pompeii who are frozen into position <laughs> from volcanic ash how the planet's doing. Want to know if the planet's all right? Ask those people in Mexico City or Armenia or a hundred other places buried under thousands of tons of earthquake rubble if they feel like a threat to the planet this week. <laughs> how about those people in Kilauea, Hawaii who build their homes right next to an active volcano and then wonder why they have lava in the living room? <laughs> the planet will be here for a long, long, long time after we're gone and it will heal itself it will cleanse itself because that's what it does it's a self-correcting system the air and the water will recover the earth will be renewed and if it's true that plastic is not degradable well the planet will simply incorporate plastic into a new paradigm the earth plus plastic <laughs> the earth doesn't share our prejudice towards plastic plastic came out of the earth the earth probably sees plastic as just another one of its children could be the only reason the Earth allowed us to be spawned from it in the first place. It wanted plastic for itself. <laughs> Didn't know how to make it. Needed us. Could be the answer to our age-old philosophical question, why are we here? Plastic. <laughs> Assholes. So. So. The plastic is here, our job is done, we can be phased out now. And I think that's really started already, don't you? I mean, to be fair, the planet probably sees us as a mild threat, something to be dealt with, and I'm sure the planet will defend itself in, in, in the uh, manner of a large organism, like a beehive or an ant colony can muster a defense. I'm sure the planet will think of something. What would you do if you were the planet trying to defend against this pesky, troublesome species? Let's see, what might, hmm, viruses. Viruses might be good. They seem vulnerable to viruses. And uh, viruses are tricky, always mutating and forming new strains whenever a vaccine is developed. Perhaps this first virus could be one that, that compromises the immune system of these creatures. Perhaps a human immunodeficiency virus making them vulnerable to all sorts of other diseases and infections that might come along. And maybe it could be spread sexually, making them a little reluctant to engage in the act of reproduction. Well, that's a poetic note. And it's a start. And I can dream, can I? See, I don't worry about the little things. Bees, trees, whales, snails. I think we're part of a greater wisdom than we will ever understand. A higher order. Call it what you want. You know what I call it? The big electron. The big electron. Whoa. 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 It doesn't punish. It doesn't, it doesn't judge at all. It just is. And so are we, for a little while. Thanks for being here with me for a little while tonight. Thank you. Thank you, man. It's now or it's never. Mr. George Carlin, so prescient. Don't let him control you, folks. Let's take our country back. And we will be right back.
Okay. Let's wrap it up for today. couple notes on country music from this past week. On June 29th, number one song, 1968, Tammy Wynette. She was at the top of the chart with her song D-I-V-O-R-C-E. It was a great song, great song. 71, 1971, Jerry Reed was at number one on June 29th with When You're Hot, You're Hot. What a great song. Jerry Reed was a hoot. Great in Smoking the Bandit. Great in all his movies. Heck of a guitar picker. Loved Jerry Reed. In 98, on the 29th of June, the Country Music Association announced the new nominees or the new inductees into the Country Music Hall of Fame, and they included Elvis Presley, Tammy Wynette, George Morgan, and uh, former Grand Ole Opry executive E.W. Bud Wendell. That's pretty cool stuff, Elvis and Tammy Wynette. 79, on July 1st, 79, Waylon's Jennings was at number one, on the country charts with Amanda. Most of you folks would know that song. Very popular song. And on this day, on July 4th, in 1964, Buck Owens was at number one on the country singles chart with My Heart Skips a Beat. Now, the cool thing there is, well, that was his third number one hit, but the B-side of that 45, if you remember 45s, was Together Again, and it also hit number one on the country chart. It replaced My Heart Skips a Beat on the chart, and then it flipped back to my Heart Skips a Beat, replaced Together Again. So that's pretty cool. You have a number one, second song on the B side of your 45, goes number one. Main song on the front side of the 45 replaces the B side for number one again. That's pretty cool. Probably never happen again. So anyhow, hey folks, I hope you all had a good time. Been fun today and look forward to seeing you more. Visit us at teampir.com, politicallyincorrectredneck.com. You can get links to all the articles and stuff we uh, threw out there at you today. And uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. Check us out on Spotify and on Podbean and other podcast sites coming soon. Have a great, great 4th of July.